My name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at New City Church. Welcome, guys, to uh, to our crazy local manifestation of the global body of believers, right? And so this is uh, this is an awesome, awesome day, guys. Like it is, it is cool what God has done. This has been a fun day. All three services have been been full and fun and festive and crazy and stuff like that and i fully expect this one to be just as nuts right and it so far it has again um man just wonderful times god is really really blessing our church in his holy spirit and this is the thing that i want us to to be thinking about um before i start the message though i want to clear one thing up and it's really been a bone of contention for a few people there's been some I don't know, some arguing and a little bit of divided body of believers. You know, God's glorified by a unified body of believers. Well, I want to clarify something. This is a not a Broncos jersey. I would not, I would not, I would not hurt the heart of God by putting on a Broncos jersey, okay? I promise you that. So here's what this is a This is an official Bobby Boucher. You can do it. 1998 Bourbon Bowl Waterboy jersey. Come on, man, right? And it's legit. I got looking good. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> but my mama said, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's my favorite Christmas present. I saw that. I'm like, oh, you got to be. This is fantastic. You know, my wife loves me and she knows me. So that's just like. You know, if they had a Dumb and Dumber jersey, I would be wearing that too. But they don't, right? So it's just kind of cool. But, but guys, it's, uh, I just want to clear that up. But it is fun, man. It is, it is fun to be, uh, be a, a part of a, a church body that, that takes God very seriously, but not ourselves, right? And not ourselves. We enjoy each other's company. We are family. We, we have fun. We, we laugh. Guys, we even uh, serve together. We've got a, a really cool thing happening next week. After this service, the third service at 1 o'clock, we have a, what's called a ministry lunch, and we're going to be promoting the different ministries that we've got going on. Anybody who's serving gets fed and that kind of thing, so we're going to have a free lunch for us. And anybody that's interested in learning more about what we do and how we do it, man, please come to that, that service at 1 o'clock, or that, that luncheon at 1 o'clock. It's going to be here. It's going to be up here, down here, downstairs. Downstairs. Yes, yes. So please sign up online to see it to, so we know how much food to bring. But uh, we definitely go to newcitychurch.com and check that out. But, but do show up for that if you want to find out a little bit more. That'll be really good for some of the folks going over to Loma Vista and uh, finding out and wanting to serve a little bit and finding out how we do what we do and that kind of thing. So hang out with us at one. It's great stuff. Also, I want to give great praises. Jeff Klein, you've been in the hospital for the last like, like, like eight days or something? Too long. He's back, baby. Back. Come on. So we went and visited him this past week. So also, I don't. Yeah, I think Ed did tell you we are out of. Uh, we have sold out. That's a hundred books we've sold in our church um, uh, of the uh, Believe books. And uh, you said that the children's books are gone too. Is that right? So that is cool, awesome. So we will just please put that on there. Because, man, we're starting this Believe series. We're going to hit the ground running, man. Like, it is a, it is a very, very neat, uh, neat thing. Uh, you know, we have to learn uh, for us, and this is what we're going to be exploring over the next 30 weeks. This is a huge commitment of time and, and really a huge commitment of who we are and what we're doing as a church body. But we are going to be going to um to go through the believe book and it's 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 cool because we've got to be able to know what we believe 
why we believe what we believe and why it matters. That, like, like, think about that. We can a lot of times know what we believe, have no idea why. And even if we do know why, we don't know why it matters, right? Like, what's the impact on the world of what we believe and that kind of thing? And so we're going to be doing that kind of thing. And I want to share with you, if you haven't heard, why I became a, a completely sold out, freaked out Jesus freak um, several years back, actually back in, it's right around 1999, 2000. I had this crisis of belief that came about. Prior to that, uh, Judy and I, my wife and I, got married back in uh, 1991. So how long have we been A long time. That's a long time. Um, she couldn't tell me in the second service. I didn't feel bad. But it's 27 years, all right? 28 years almost, right? And so we've been married a long, long time. And so for, well, not some of, some people are like, eh, amateurs. I've been married this like, but we've been married a while and uh, when we first got married, we didn't know Jesus. We didn't know Jesus at all. Neither one of us have been brought up in the church. Uh, my parents were both very scientifically and mathematically based. My mom actually has her specialist degree in mathematics, and my dad has his master's degree in chemistry. I mean, these guys are brains, right? And so in our households, we were just sort of like, what if, like, like yeah, two plus two is equal to four. You can figure that out. You can look, figure out the chemical reactions of sodium and chloride that make salt in ACL. I even remember some of that stuff, right? Uh, I remember my dad trying to teach me the periodic chart and stuff like that. I'll be like, I'd be like, I can't remember the, 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 the thing with the gold. He goes, hey, remember AU with the gold, right? I was like, oh yeah, right on. I remember that. So I did pretty well in chemistry and biochemistry and mathematics and that kind of thing in school. So I, mean, I just remember that kind of stuff. And so my brain started thinking like that. Opposite to that was what people were explaining to me about Scripture. Things like, well, you can't really trust Scripture because, you know, it's, it was copied over time and that kind of thing. So there's probably a lot of errors in it and all that kind of stuff. You, know, you really can't trust what it says. And, and, and I, anyway, you know, all religions are basically the same. They pretty much say the same thing. So, yeah, there's probably a God, but, you know, which one? It's up to you. And so all roads lead to heaven and all that kind of stuff because nobody could prove me any, anything otherwise. I mean, I didn't know any different. I was just like, okay, well, two plus two is equal to four that sounds right to me i guess you know sounds the most logical thing to me and so you know i would not you know growing up didn't go to church didn't really think about church didn't really think about jesus a whole lot but when when morgan our daughter who by the way is now on staff with new city church as the worship leader for our Merriam campus starting today right what that's crazy man right that's not how cool is that like, that's just so neat. I get to work with my kid, man. It's so cool. But, um, but so she starts, so she's been, like, God's blown up in her life, man. And we, well, we try to bring her up in the church and things like that. But when she was born, uh, she was as much of a spiritual infant as I was. I mean, I didn't know anything about, about God or the Bible. I don't know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament or anything like that. And, you know, as great of a kid, as a, great of a person, as a young woman that she is now, she was a terrible baby. Like, she was awful. Always sick always throwing up never slept except when we were trying to sleep right or so we were trying we need we needed to go to work that's when she fell asleep i remember judy walking in there one time so frustrated with her that she walked into the into the bedroom you say you don't remember this i remember this she goes that kid was sleeping like a baby at six oh, she was a baby at six o'clock in the morning she looked at that kid she goes rise and shine right and that kid, she wakes up she's like no you're gonna stay i was so like we were just guys exhausted and after about six months Judy comes to me and says, I think we need to start going to church. Okay. 
That's weird, you know. Didn't know she had been drinking or anything like that. I didn't know what was going on, right? But she says, and I said, why? And I said, well, I think we need to bring Morgan up in church. And you know, you know how God uses exhaustion and things like that and circumstances in your life to bring you closer to him? I just think that's what he was doing. He just, you know, Morgan had this stomach valve issue that she never could keep food down and everything like that. And, and so we were just, I was just like, man, this is tough, you know, for me. And I was like, I don't really want to, this is my only day off, blah, blah, blah. You know how she got me to, to go? She said, they'll watch, our, she'll, they'll watch Morgan for us. <laughs> I said, wait a second now, are you telling me that all I got to do is go take a bath, listen to some guy talk, and I can be a husband, not just a father, for an hour, and they'll watch our kid for us? I'm like, how much do they charge? I'll pay anything. She's like, nothing. They don't charge. I said, wait a minute, everybody charges to watch and teach my kid. Every, every school, every daycare, are you kidding me? They don't charge anything? I'm sold, right? And so that's how we started going to church. Like, and, it's, and it's wild. And so we got a little bit more involved. We moved around different, different places, different states. Moved here 20 years ago, actually. We just moved into our house 20 years ago next week, which is nuts. But it's just crazy some of the anniversaries that are starting to pop in and line up. But we, didn't, like, we started getting involved in the church, started serving. I was ushering. We started tithing. You know, I remember the first time we gave 10% of our income, I looked at Judy and said, this is crazy. What are we doing, you know? I didn't fully understand. I know the Bible says this, but wow, you know, I know the, the pe- preacher talked about tithing, but I'm like, dang, man, what is this? This is wild. And so more and more, we got more involved. I was ushering. I was serving. I was doing it. Became a deacon, that kind of thing, right? It was just like, uh, uh, like pretty wild stuff. In 1999... I started going through this crisis of belief I was telling you about. And I started going, okay, I'm giving, I'm tithing, I'm serving, I'm doing all this kind of stuff. But I haven't, in my mind, like reconciled this whole thing about 2 plus 2 equaling 4. And N-A and C-L becoming salt, right? I haven't reconciled this yet, spiritually. And I would go to people and I would say, hey, I'm struggling with the Bible being real. How do you know? And things like that. Well, you need to have more faith. Let me tell you something. Please don't ever tell somebody if they're struggling with their faith that they just need to have more. Right? I mean, don't do that. People come to you with questions. I want us to be ready with answers. Because guess what? They're going to go to school. They're going to get answers. They're going to, they're going to have somebody that's going to say, oh, the Bible's whack and you know, Jesus never existed. And they're going to have answers. Right? We need answers. And so for me, when I would do it, well, if somebody comes to me, oh, I'm, 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 having, I'm struggling with understanding and believing Scripture and believing the Bible. If I look at them and say, what you need to do is you need to start praying, brother. You need to have a little more faith, brother. They're going to go somewhere else and get their answers because I don't have any. Amen? And so I had those same questions. And so I'm looking at the circumstance. I'm looking at what we're serving. I'm looking at what we're giving. I'm looking at the amount of time. I'm looking at the fact that we had gone to Thailand to give out Bibles to Chinese tourists so they could take them back to China. Why am I doing that, right? If the Bible's not real, I'm handing somebody false information. They're going to spread it in other countries. It's ridiculous, Right? And so for me, what I decided to do, I said, okay, God, if you're real, I need to find out if what we are believing is real. And if, if you're 
if another religion, because this is what you hear, all religions are basically the same, they all lead to, to heaven. Well, if other religions, if, if you can prove yourself in some other religion, I'll believe that. I'll shave my head and bang a tambourine at the airport if you can show yourself to be real in that. And so I did. I, I looked at Christianity. I looked at Taoism, Islam, New Age, Confucianism, Buddhism, uh, all of, like all the ma- like even though like all the major religions and some of the more obscure ones like Phalon Gong, which is uh, out of like it's an, a small Asian uh, religion that has this wheel of something in your navel. I mean, it's, like I'm, whatever, like God, if you can show yourself to be real in any of those things, I'll believe it. And I wasn't, and, and so a lot of people that try to study the different religions, what they believe, and that, not me. I'm trying to find evidence of God in something so I know where to go, right? So I looked at Islam, no evidence of God. I looked at Mormonism, no evidence of God. You know, all those wars and stuff like that are written in the Pearl of Great Price and, and written in the Book of Mormon. There's no evidence that any of that stuff happened anywhere. Wow, that's a pretty, pretty big thing to, to, to claim. And there's no, like, there's no archaeological evidence or any. That's crazy, right? You look at Islam, you look at Taoism, you look at Buddhism, you look at Phelan Gong, zip, zero, nada, evidence of anything supernatural. These are all philosophies and religious writings written by people. And then I looked at the scriptures that we're talking about, the Old and the New Testament, and I found out that, that there's some things in there that completely separate, like it's not even close. So I found out that there were, there were not just nothing in all these other religions and but comparatively speaking there's mountains and mountains of evidence in the scriptures that we're we're following now it's crazy for example there like in the scriptures in the old testament talks about the earth being a sphere that it hangs on nothing they don't how do they know that right when the, everybody's talking about the earth being flat and that there's all kinds of things holding up the earth and that kind of, like how do they know unless God told them that the life of the creature is in the blood and, and 200 years ago, up to 200 years ago, people were still draining people's blood to, to drain them of, of, of infections and fevers and things like that. Well, now we know that we've got to add more blood, but the Bible was sitting there saying the life of the creature's in the blood. How do they know that kind of stuff? Even in Genesis, when God says, let there be light, that's what he said first. Because without light, there's no life. Wow. Blown, right? You start thinking about that. But here's what got me. You remember those chat rooms back in, back in the, the early, late 90s, early 2000s? People in chat rooms and stuff like that. Some of you young cats don't know anything. Like, chat rooms, that's stupid. <laughs> It must have been well. Yeah, man, we used to fax stuff into people. Remember that? No, I remember the first fax machine. I was blown away. I was like, "What? That is incredible, man! We're living in Star Trek land, right?" <laughs> Lost my place. <laughs> but but, what's that? Chat rooms. chat rooms, yeah. So we're looking at chat. Thank you very much. Chat rooms, and we're looking at all the. Like, like I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Okay, I'm struggling with my faith." Could somebody share with me how they know the Bible to be true? Because I can't find anything for anything else. And this guy sent me something. I, I don't even, I think it was an angel, honestly, sent me something in the, in the email. Because he wrote down for me and, and shared with me an article that, that analyzed 
the Old Testament predictions that came true in the New Testament specifically about Jesus. Let me explain something. In the Old Testament, it has this has the, all these predictions and characteristics of someone coming who's an anointed one, someone who's going to be the Messiah. And so throughout the Old Testament, the Messiah is foreshadowed. And, and all these different things are going to be said about him, and he's going to do all these things, right? And then in the New Testament, all those things came true. In fact, there were 365 different predictions and characteristics of the coming Messiah that Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. And it wasn't just the Nostradamus type of predictions, like he's going to be in a great guy, he's going to do some cool stuff somewhere in the Western Hemisphere. He said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. His hands and feet will be pierced. He will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. 365 different predictions over and over and over. That separates us, my brothers and sisters, from every other religious writing anywhere, right? What they sent me was an analysis of just 17 of those predictions, of those prophecies, of those of foreshadowing of the coming anointed one. They just sent me just 17 of those prophecies. You realize that that discounts completely 95% of all the prophecies about the coming Messiah from the Old Testament. So they looked at just 5% of them. Just 17 prophecies coming true by mere chance is one chance in 480 billion, billion, trillion. And I remember watching, remember I grew up as a, like math, right? And I remember looking at that, and I remember my knees buckling, and I realized that God had not only shown himself and accepted my challenge, but God now was looking at me and says, all right, bud, now what you going to do? You challenged me to show you that I was real. I've done that. Now what? Right? And I became not just a tither and a church attender and an usher and a, a believer, but I became a follower, dedicated, freaked out, Bible-thumping Jesus freak because I realized something bigger was at hand here, much bigger and better than I could ever be. That showed me that only God could orchestrate history that way and that it separates us from every other religious writing in the entire universe that has ever been written, we are better than that. Our belief is so much more substantial and proven and real. And God has shown himself in the scriptures we get to read, and he hasn't done it in anything else. Amen. Wow. And if that's not enough, this Jesus goes dies on the cross the way he's predicted, rises from the dead. And these guys that were with him were willing to die for what they said they saw. They were willing to run away when he was dead. But when, they, when, they were like, when he came back to life, they're like, we're in, we're done, we're full, we're going forward. And they were killed for what they saw. Guys, that just don't happen. Not, they weren't killed for... They didn't like, you know, well, lots of religious people die for what they, what they believe. Yeah, yeah, they do, but, but none of them died for what they said they saw. A lot of people die for what they're taught. 
A lot of people die for what they're, they're programmed to believe, but not somebody who said, ah, no, I'm not going to follow that guy. I guess I was wrong. And then go, whoa, he came back. I'm in. You can't kill me. That just don't happen. Amen? John 1. Try not to cuss in church. John 1. Oh, it's on the floor. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And that Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created. Yeah, I'm a creationist, big time. I've seen the evidence through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of man. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Down to verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was created through him. Yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. That's you and me. Come on, man. Right? To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, this is my offspring, right? Not out of the will of the flesh. I want to have children. Or the will of man. I want my name to continue on for generations. But of God. The word became flesh. See, this word that God proved to me became flesh. Wow. And took up residence among us. Lived with us. And we observed his glory. The glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Guys, we've got to be like Jesus in this. We've got to be willing to be full of grace and truth. We've got to have this balance. I've talked about it over the last couple of weeks where, where some of us are so enamored with showing people grace that we let the sin just sort of slide by. Oh, it doesn't matter as long as you're happy. God wants you to be that way, right? And some of us are so enthralled with, with the truth that we're just point a bony finger of indignation and say, you're in sin. If you don't stop, you're going to hell. And there's this balance that we've got to add. Yes, we recognize your sin, but you can do this. We love you, right? Amen? what jesus did he goes i don't condemn you talking to the woman caught in adultery but go and sin no more grace and truth so the question for us is how can i consistently live like jesus how many of us have new year's resolutions right i'm gonna get better healthier gonna get more closer closest to god i'm gonna do church more (laughs) you know right that's what we do, right? In about February, it wears off. You ever, you ever go to the, you ever go to the, anybody that goes to the gym, you know, you can't even get a machine January till about February, about Valentine's Day. All the candy starts kicking in, right? Heck with it, I'll start it next year, right? That's a resolution. I want us to set some goals. I want us to set some goals that, because, you know, our mission is to help you, to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus. You guys know that's our mission statement. That's what we, that's what we do. We want you to, to live like Jesus. We want you to, to trust in him. And for some of us, we've got to set some goals about how to do that. 
And for some of us, we got to say, you know what? I ain't missing church this year. Or I'm, I'm going to go to church. I'm only going to miss one time every two months or whatever it is. Because some of us come every three months thinking we're, yeah, man. I'm not saying church. Coming to church is the only thing. that. But, but seriously, man, if you got to get plugged in with a body of believers, this is what it says. Like in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. I'm begging you guys to present your bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice united together holy and pleasing to god this is your spiritual worship he defines it do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good pleasing and perfect will of god you want to know what god wants you to do get united with a body renewed by your mind right and do what he says right before you and I can live like Jesus, we got to think like Jesus. We got to look at things and have the, the perspective, the worldview that, that He has. When we see as God sees, we can do as God says. And when we believe something good or bad, it determines the way we live. And when we believe full heartedly that the Word of God is true and real and factual and proven, and God doesn't have to just send us out into the universe and say, man, I hope you can just guess which religion is the right one. If you don't, you're going to go straight to hell, right? No. He says, look, here it is. You have the freedom to choose anything you want, but I'm telling you, this is the right way to go. And I've shown you throughout history. I've shown you scientifically. I've shown you historically. I've shown you mathematically. I've shown you archaeologically. Do you realize that thousands and thousands and thousands of archaeological digs that they find, every single one of them validates the, the scriptures that we read. And not one has ever contradicted. Do you realize that? Guys, this is crazy. I mean, think like it's amazing how God has preserved it. Do you realize that there have been over 25,000 different fragments of the New Testament that have been found scattered throughout the Roman Empire? That they've been able to combine those things to make over 5,500 complete New Testaments. And throughout all the Roman Empire, different regions, different places, that the, that the, the accuracy among those is 99.8% exactly the same. That's impossible unless God. And the differences are things like misspelled words or cultural nuances, but the meaning and intent of every passage is 100% exactly the same across the board. It's impossible unless God intervenes and preserves. You think about that. This is amazing. We've got to think like Christ does. We've got to think that this is legit. So we're going to use three resources. We're going to use, number one, the Bible. I don't think I have to explain any further why I'm excited about that one. Second thing, we're going to use this belief book, which we have sold out of as of the second service. My bad. Well, we can, if you want to get one, put it on a Connect card, give it to somebody, give it to me, give it to Ed, give it to somebody. Anybody want to raise your hand that's willing to, click, uh, to get a Connect card? Get it? You can actually find them some online. I think I just saw like Christian Books got them for five bucks or something like that. I was like, I got some clearance sale going on. Christianbook.com or whatnot. Uh, other places, I think they're 16 bucks. We sell them for 10. And 
if you get the book and the study guide together, they're 10 bucks a piece, we'll sell you the combination of them for 20 bucks. You're welcome. Limited time only, all right? We're going to use those things. We're going to use the Bible. We're going to use the, the Believe book, and we're going to use the Believe study guide. Join a Believe group. Look it up on the app. Look it up on newcitychurch.com. Check it out. Join something. Get plugged into this. And what we'll do is we'll learn things, things like who God is. What does the Scripture say about who God is? What does the Scripture say about a personal relationship with God? We're going to take 10 weeks. We're going to find out what the Bible says about different things like generosity and being connected with a body of believers. It's important. Second part of the, that is we're going to say, what does God want me to do? Wow. How many studies of Scripture have we ever gone to, gone to Bible studies, said, man, I learned a lot today, and we are never challenged to actually do something with it? <laughs> it's such... It's, it's crazy how, how often we do that, guys. Not so with us. The third 10 weeks that we're going to be using is a 30-week commitment. We're going to be talking about who we are becoming. And guys, I fully believe that over this next 30 weeks and the rest of this year, we're going to become a church that is going to blow the doors through the kingdom. God's going to use us greatly. Amen. Hallelujah. Check it out. So let me pray for us. We'll be done with it and we've got a short video to show and then then we'll be dismissed i love you guys i'm so excited about this year happy new year right go mud dogs go chiefs father we love you and we thank you very very much for everything you have done for everything you've proven god you didn't have to you're god but you showed a knucklehead like me that you're real. And you've done that for a lot of us, God. And those of us that are struggling with this and struggling with our faith and struggling with believing the Bible and struggling with academia and struggling with all the different things, all these PhDs that are saying this and that kind of thing. God, here's the thing. You're the only one that rises from the dead. That's it. I might pay attention to somebody if they rise from the dead. Until that, you're it. Father, we just love you and thank you for your perfection. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your truth. Help us, God, to believe you more and more and more. That we can trust in and live like you. In your son's name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen.